Jesus' teaching on prayer. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of your of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of your you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I'm continuing the, the series on um, courageous faith this morning. I'm Geraint, by the way. I'm uh, one of the church wardens here. Um, and I guess that's why I've been asked to speak on courageous communication this morning. Um, because, um, also known as prayer, just in case you weren't sure, because I am the biggest prayer warrior um, in the church. <laughs> And uh, basically, that's why I was asked to preach on this, not because I'm someone who struggles um, with prayer and the discipline of prayer and have done for the 40 years that I've been a Christian. And I love the fact that the disciples come to Jesus and go say, teach us to pray. We don't know how to do it. Teach us to pray. And Jesus, immediately seizing that opportunity, gives them a big theological discourse on how to pray, what, who it is you're praying to. It's quite phenomenal that he takes and explains the mystery of prayer and dissects uh, prayer so that they fully understand what it is that prayer is. Ah. No, he doesn't. He just gives them six simple lines and says, do it like this. 
And this morning, we're going to have a look at those six lines of the Lord's Prayer. And just take a bit of time to dwell in this amazing prayer. So it starts off with our Father. How many times have we said this prayer? And I, in preparation for this sermon, didn't realize that it started with, or it perhaps wasn't, you know, sort of, it hit me this time. Our Father, not my Father, our Father. Our Father is inclusive. It says we're part of a community. It says that God is the God of the C of E. No. It says that He is the God of Christianity. No. It says that He's our Father, humanity's Father. It is so inclusive. It is a, an arm being wrapped around the whole world. It doesn't stop at just our little enclave. It's for all, everybody. And then Father. Sometimes not an easy word for some people, because some people have very different experiences of Father. And the word that's used here is Abba. Now, in the Hebrew, there is uh, Abba is, is the most familiar term you can use to describe your father. It's dad. And again, I never really got my head around that until I watched NCIS. I don't know if any of you are big NCIS fans. It's a bit like CSI or any of those other American crimes programs. But there's an agent in NCIS called Ziva David, and she's Israeli. And Ziva David's dad is the head of Mossad, basically. And um, in one of the episodes, he gets gunned down, gunned down in front of her. And she holds her dad's body, very dead body, in her arms and says, Harper. And I think that was the first time I realized what father means in this context. Our dad. It is such a personal experience. Our Father in heaven. It wasn't in this, this version of, the, of, of um, Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, it's a little footnote that says, also, sometimes, in heaven. It's in Matthew's version. God our, 
our dad who created the heavens, who is almighty. But there's also a really lovely alternative translation there. It's God of the atmosphere who inhabits everywhere. The God who is here, who's in the air that we breathe inside us, who knows us inside out. He inhabits the spaces all around us. So the first line of the Lord's Prayer could be, our dad, who is right here, and who has the power to speak the universe into existence. That's pretty good. Hallowed be your name. Again, I, I, as a child, I thought this was in response to the uh, commandment, do not take the Lord's name in vain. And it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, sort of, it's one of the things that really jars me when I hear Jesus' name, God's name being taken in vain. And I guess it encompasses that, but it's more about hallowed be your name in my life. I come to you with reverence and honor, knowing that you are truly the only one who is worthy of my trust and adoration. My thanks, my praise, my worship. You are holy God. And I come with that attitude. The Lord's Prayer doesn't say you have to pray seven times a day, four times a day, every morning. But what it does say is, you need to come into my presence. Come into my presence with that reverential attitude that we are coming into a holy space. That we are taking time to hide ourselves in the rock of ages. Resting in God's presence and actually listening just as much as we speak. Sitting, dwelling, abiding with God. Whether that be in, a, in your room, or whether it be, as Alan was saying last week, from walking, getting off the bus and walking from the bus stop to your home but taking time to consciously spend time with God. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Let's put things 
right. As Jess prayed this morning, things are not as they should be. We see environmental issues, war, inequality, pain, and suffering. That is not God's will for this world. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven is a call for us to join with God's plan to eradicate injustice, to bring light to this world, to be a peacemaker through preaching the gospel, to say to people, you're forgiven. And that forgiveness brings about transformation and wholeness. Wholeness, which is the root of the word holy. We want to bring a community together so that we can be a holy people and actually have influence and change in our communities. As I was, uh, as I came into church this morning, I felt I, I needed to go upstairs and, and do a little bit of, just have a, have a moment to go over my notes. And in the, the prayer chapel, there is a quote from the theologian Karl Barth. It says, to clasp your hands in prayer is the beginning of an uprising against the disorder in this world. It is what God uses, and don't expect me to explain this or unpack this, because I don't know the mystery of this fact. But when we are on our knees and praying, then things change. It might be that in our hearts, we actually change, and we then go out to be the answer for prayer. But also, God changes things. Your kingdom come. How are we the light in this dark world? Give us today our daily bread. Not give us today our daily Porsche or more money than we know what to do with or a big house or whatever our heart's desire is. Give us today our daily necessity. Give me just what I need. Give me just what I need. Why does Jesus pray, give me just what I need? 
doesn't pray for an abundance or an overflowing. It says, I just want you to stay reliant on me. I want you to be dependent on me as your Lord and Savior. So that what you have in your hands can be held lightly. Because they're not yours. They're mine. And I've given them to you. And you can give them on gener generously. So you can spend your time doing what I've called you to do, which is sharing my love with those around you and being my presence here on earth. Not craving more stuff. Because it is stuff in the end, isn't it? There's an excellent piece on, uh, by Adrian Childs this weekend in The Guardian, and it's online. I would really encourage you to, to read it. He talks about how we don't need stuff, and our focus needs to go away from that because of the environmental impact, but also because we are being distracted from what really matters. Give me what I need so that I can be effective for you. Give me what I need so that I can be, have victory over the stuff that's pulling me down as well. It's not just our physical needs that God deals with or helps us with, but it's also our spiritual needs. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our sins. It's so important that on a daily basis, we keep short accounts with God, that we come to God and we say, I'm sorry, I've messed up again. And you know what? I messed up again in the same way as I messed up yesterday. And be prepared to accept God's forgiveness. God's grace and forgiveness is freely given and completely washes away our sin. It is so easy to get wrapped up in your past failings and be so ineffective as a consequence. Forgiveness freely given. The price is paid. The price is paid. And out of that, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. I think this is one of the hardest parts of the Lord's Prayer. To forgive others 
when you've been wronged, and when you've been hurt, and when you've been let down, to accept that you have been forgiven of so much and that you are called to live as a forgiving people, as we are called to live as a forgiving people. Because I find this really hard. If somebody says sorry to me, I can forgive them. Easy peasy. It's just something in my nature. But if somebody doesn't say sorry, I Blaminek can keep hang on to a grudge. I am not called to be judge and jury. I am called to love people unconditionally and be God's presence on earth. It's hard, but it's right, and it does you good because it frees you from all that unnecessary stuff that just binds around you like barbed wire. Because if you're not living a forgiving life, you're damaging yourself. Forgiving in being, in having been forgiven, we have the privilege to be able to forgive and release people and let God be judge and let us be the loving presence in this on this planet. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead me not into temptation. Help me to stay on the right path. In 1 Peter 1.16, Peter says, be holy as Christ was holy. He's echoing the six other places that that is actually said in the Bible. Six. If something is said once in the Bible, pay attention. If it's said twice, do it. If it's said six times, then don't be daft. It's important. Being holy. Being that countercultural, living, different presence in the world. Loving. Generous, kind. That word is so underrated. Being kind is not being nice. Being kind is active. It's looking for a way to actually make a difference in this world. Being a peacemaker. Being godly, having integrity of doing the right thing when you know what the right thing is, having self-control 
in whatever form of life you are in, whatever thing that, that you have a weakness in, because we've all got our weaknesses. On social media, I just want to look brilliant. Or there's this, just this little bit of information that I think somebody needs to know. That's also known as gossip. Or perhaps money and having more of it is really important to you. Or perhaps power over people. Perhaps you're at that stage of life where power is the most important thing. Or perhaps it's greed, or perhaps it's porn, or perhaps it's alcohol addiction, or perhaps it's whatever. Having self-control and being that different presence in the world. Being patient. Simple, eh? No, not simple. But an amazing prayer to focus ourselves on God every day. And it's bold and it's courageous to step into that exciting dialogue with God where you are committing yourself to God and saying, use me, Lord. Use me in whatever way you want to use me today. Help me to be your hands and feet on earth. Have you started this conversation with God? You might not have. It might be that you've been saying this prayer for years and years and years, and you've realized that you're just saying the words. It might be that you've just been saying the words and not giving yourself a chance to think about them. So this morning, we're going to say the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to say it slowly. So a phrase is going to come up on the screen one line at a time. We're just going to have a chance to say the prayer, think about how it applies to our lives, and then have a chance just to be quiet and think about how this week we are going to be God's hands and feet. And if you've not said this prayer before, and you want to speak to somebody about it at the end of the service, there will be people ready to pray with you at the end of the service over on the sofas over here. So, would you join with me and stand? Our Father in heaven,
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today your daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. yours is the kingdom the power and the glory now and forever <laughs> 